Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Tonight's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need? Visit RockAuto.com today. On this wonderful episode of the Locked On Jet Show, we are going to be recapping some of the NHL free agency deals and trades that maybe we missed earlier, including one that I talked about a little bit yesterday, but ended up forgetting to get to because the whole Petrangelo thing broke. And naturally, I got a little bit sidetracked by all of the implications of Nate Schmidt not becoming a Jet. Yep, side note, if you missed that, Nate Schmidt's not a Jet. He's actually somehow a Vancouver Canuck, so that kind of sucks for Winnipeg, but as I alluded to on my show yesterday, it is what it is. I think that the Jets are probably a little bit uncomfortable with this whole contract situation, especially because he's signed for almost six mil over the next five years. And with where Winnipeg's roster is right now, he may not be the biggest piece that would elevate this team to the next level. Maybe they kind of want to wait and see what happens with Heinola and Sandberg first. On a related Dylan Sandberg note, we did see a little bit from Derek Forbert, one of the recent additions to Winnipeg's blue line, who signed for, I believe, around 800000 for one year, which is actually a great value contract. And from what I understand, Forbert is actually a pretty decent defender. He was pretty good in LA, especially in shutting down offensive opportunities in his own end, and it sounds like he's also a very good character guy. He was cracking jokes today with the media and talking about how he was skating and training with Sandberg and Pionk since all of them are from Minnesota. I actually think it's pretty good that Forbort is, you know, taking the initiative and skating with some of these guys. I mean, maybe he skates with them normally, but it's especially good now that they're all Jets together because maybe they can get some tips and tricks from a veteran NHLer who's been around the block a bit and maybe breeds a little bit of familiarity and chemistry with the rest of his teammates. So I think Forbort seems like a really good value signing. I think that he's going to be a great fit for the Jets. You know, as far as seventh defenseman that the Jets have signed are concerned, he's actually a little bit more than that. He might even be like very, very fringe second pairing. The Jets could definitely use someone to lighten the mood a bit. I'm sure that things over the past couple of seasons have been a little bit tense because ever since 2017-18, the Jets have kind of been in a little bit of a freefall situation. So somebody who's funny, kind of lighthearted, but also good at his job, I feel like is a perfect value contract for one year. Pending how he does, I actually would not be adverse to the idea of Forbort coming back on a value contract, especially if he does well enough in like a limited role or something. You don't really want to break the bank, but if you get a really good third pairing D for, you know, maybe a mil for two seasons or something like that, I feel like that's a really nice contract. It gives the Jets a little bit more breathing room in case uh, some of their prospects aren't really ready, and he's a nice veteran presence. Speaking of veteran players getting contracts, I will say that one of the more surprising ones that I feel like didn't get talked a whole lot about was just Schultz going to the Capitals for two years at eight million. That is, of course, eight million over two seasons, so four uh, four mil per season average annual value on that deal. Which I think the Caps are, are a little bit tight to the cap now. Uh, funny that their name is the Caps when they basically have no cap space. But you know, of course, the Caps are, are thinking about the long term and the fact that they don't really have many contending years left, especially with Ovechkin and the rest of the guys all getting older. Now, a lot of these players are signed to long-term contracts, but of course, Oshie is probably going to end up in Seattle somehow, and they frankly need to find raises for players like Jakob Vrana. I think Vrana is honestly one of the most underrated young talents in the league. He's a phenomenal even-strength scorer. He's actually been pretty decent on the power play when he's got minutes, and so, you know, Schultz coming in for two years, four million per, I, th- I think is an all-right contract. I don't really know if he's going to be all that effective, 
but what Washington may be looking to do is to try and bring a little bit more of a uh, an offensive power play, especially with somebody who's really effective at QBing the back end. Maybe they feel like guys like Siegenthaler aren't really good at that, and they could use somebody who has a little bit more experience doing that kind of thing, especially for the rival Penguins. Speaking of players who bring some level of veteran experience and skill to their brand new team, we also have Craig Smith signing with the Boston Bruins for $3.1 million per, $9.3 million overall. If you're the Bruins, this is a great piece of business. Craig Smith is not like a prolific individual scorer in the sense that I don't think he's like a high-end, you know, goal-scoring machine, but what he does bring is a high-octane offensive style. He's very good at controlling possession in the offensive zone. He's a really good two-way transition skater, and even though he is getting up there in years, he seems to be a very tireless worker. For just three years on that contract, I think the Bruins are getting excellent value. This is a guy who immediately slots into their top six and can aid in transitioning the puck up and down the ice. He's, you know, pretty defensively all right. Not like a a really high-end shutdown forward, but somebody who's capable of getting the puck out of his own end. I also like his offensive style. I think that he's very good grinding around the corners, and he brings quite a bit of skill to a lineup that definitely already has plenty of skill to burn, but now he just adds another offensive element to that game, whether it's at even strength or on the power play. For most of his career, he's been around, you know, like a 30 to 35 point forward, and then he had that one season in Nashville where he potted 51 and 79 games, but I would expect him to be more like a a 30 point forward again for the Bruins. I feel like he's just a really quality middle six option, and you can pretty much put him anywhere in the lineup, and he'll probably have pretty decent results. He's just a really well-rounded forward, and even though he doesn't play as much as you you might expect a guy who's getting paid a pretty decent amount to play, I think that it's like a perfect third-line contract, especially for a free agent now with a little bit of term. On a similar positional note, but for a different team, we also have Andre Burakovsky resigning with the Colorado Avalanche for two years at $4.9 million. This is an interesting show-me contract and something that I think gives a nice bridge gap, because as much as I love Andre Burakovsky's game, I feel like he might be a little bit expensive once he has free agency, and he might have been asking for a really big contract, especially if his you know current deal would take him through his UFA years. 5 mil for what he brings, which is really nice goal scoring in a top 6 role, or occasionally a bottom 6 role when he's asked to. I think he's going to be in the top 6 though. It seems, uh, no, not too bad. I, I don't love it for, you know, being 5 mil over 2 seasons, but it's also not the worst. He is a young left wing with pretty good goal scoring options. He had 20 and 58 games last season and was uh, at 45 points over 58 games, so all in all, not too bad. It's funny because, you know, Burakovsky used to be a really good two-way forward who could create lots of offensive opportunities, but really couldn't score. And now that he's gone to Colorado, it's actually more like he's less of a play driver than he used to be, which is apparently really good at raising his shooting percentage from what it used to be. This year, he converted on almost 20% of his shots on target, which is probably why Colorado took a bit more of a conservative approach here. He's never really been a super big volume shooter, and while he does create a lot of offensive opportunities by setting up his line mates, I'm sure that the Avs were a little bit uncomfortable giving him a huge extension, especially given their upcoming cap struggles, which will start to, to come into view as they need to figure out what to do with Landeskog and some of these other upcoming free agents, and also just the general lack of a track record with Burakovsky's overall performance. I think they know that Andre does have plenty of scoring talent, and he could be a very effective top six forward, but I think what they kind of want to see is, is this year an aberration, 
Or is he going to be more like a 30.4 like he has been for most of his career? Those are definitely outstanding questions that have yet to be answered, but in time they'll know, and they certainly have two seasons to figure out whether or not this guy is someone to keep around or if he really makes the most sense to expose to Seattle. Up next, we will talk a little bit more about what Winnipeg's roster might look like, and then after that we'll kind of go into some of the free agents that are still available in the market, and if any of them might make sense for the Jets. But before then, I thought you should hear a little bit more about our title sponsors at rockauto.com. If you're like the average person when it comes to motor vehicle maintenance, you probably don't know all that much about cars. It's a very complicated process. You know, you need to know the ins and outs of your make, your year, the model, and some of the juicy details of how your vehicle operates, which is especially true when it's, you know, time to buy automotive replacement parts. I mean, how do you really know all that stuff is going to be exactly what you need? Thankfully, the fine folks at rockauto.com have made the process simpler than ever before with their intuitive, easy-to-use website that allows you to sort by car parts based on your vehicle's details. And best of all, you can set a price range so you get the exact parts you need at the prices you want. You could even save anywhere from 20 to 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing, and everyone pays the same prices no matter their experience level. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement for that when you drop the greasy taco on, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock and at a great price. When you place an order, be sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com when you wake up in the morning figuring out exactly what to do and how to get through the day is always a bit of a challenge we often have all these walls surrounding us preventing our daily routines from getting started with a positive vibe i personally hate getting out of bed because i'm a night owl and you know waking up early for work is always a bit of a challenge and that's why i turn to biltgo as a solution to break my daily walls biltgo is the natural healthy replacement for your energy drink with none of the associated crash it's long lasting delicious and great for you if you've listened to this podcast before you know the fine folks at built have already impressed with their great built bar protein bar lineup built go continues their trend of great products and comes in easy to use convenient one and a half ounce packages that you can put in your briefcase or your golf bag to power through the back nine whatever your wall is built go is there for you make sure to try all three flavors including peanut butter honey chocolate coconut and chocolate mint built go also comes fortified with beta alanine b3 honey caffeine b6 and b12 so you'll have all the energy you need to get through your day visit bilko.com and use promo code locked and you'll get 20 percent off your next order use promo code locked for 20 percent off at bilko.com let's go Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Now that the offseason has gotten into full swing, it's time to start thinking about next season and what the Jets are going to look like. And to be honest, there are quite a few unknown variables. Right now, a lot of the CHL prospects are kind of in jeopardy in some capacity because we have a lot of teams that have come back with positive COVID tests. With Canada itself experiencing lots of COVID spikes in different provinces and the lengths to which the NHL went to make the bubbles in a couple of Canadian cities, it's very clear that the situation of, of maintaining operational security and keeping everyone safe and healthy is actually pretty difficult, especially when you have COVID cases spiking in and around those areas where the bubbles used to be. The CHL frankly doesn't have anywhere near the resources to kind of manage something that complicated, let alone enforce it, so I don't imagine that they would even attempt to do a whole bubble system. That means that there is very likely at least one of the major CHL leagues canceling next season. I can't imagine that the OHL is going to go through, the WHL may have to cancel, and we'll see what happens with the Q as well. This is going to leave a lot of prospects in the lurch, especially, you know, guys who need ice time to continue developing, and obviously there aren't many pro options where they could even get that. You might send a couple of them overseas if possible and get them some ice time in one of those leagues, but of course getting into those lineups is not exactly easy. The Jets are going to have a similar situation here because they've of course got Cole Perfetti who will need some sort of pro level ice time. I don't think he would go overseas to get it. I don't think that the Jets would loan him, but I could see him maybe 
slotting in somewhere around the bottom six. I don't think he's going to start every game unless he really impresses during training camp, but I could easily see Perfetti making third-line center or fourth-line center at some point over the next couple of months. I think he's extraordinarily talented, and that might end up winning out, especially if the Jets are looking for an offensive punch down the middle and hoping to kind of bring Perfetti along. There's not much better experience than getting to play against actual NHL competition, though you probably would need to at least shelter him a little bit before you throw him to the Wolves. What makes the logistics of this a little bit challenging is that there's a very good chance the AHL does not have a season either, and that means that you're going to have to figure out just how many rookies you're comfortable having in the lineup. You know, Vili Heinola and Dylan Sandberg are going to be in similar positions. You're going to need to figure out, you know, is Maurice going to be comfortable trusting a defense with more than one rookie? Given his past actions, I would kind of lean towards no. I don't think that both Heinola and Sandberg will be in there to start. I also think that Sandberg kind of plays the game that Maurice would like more. Dylan can be big and physical and imposing. He's also a pretty good offensive defender, which brings a little bit more of an edge to his game, especially if you need him to use his, his kind of offensive instincts and his frame on the back line to create attacking space. But by the same token, Heinola already impressed at the NHL level. Does that mean the Jets bring him in for the season? I don't really know, to be honest. I, th I think that he could stay over in Finland, especially if there is no AHL season. Maurice, again, doesn't really seem to be comfortable letting kids run free. I think that he tends to think you need a little bit more of a veteran presence, which in some ways he's not wrong. Where for me the disconnect kind of comes is that he chooses guys who are just clearly worse despite having a lot more experience. You know, the one thing that I can never say about the Jets is that they don't bring in character guys. Nate Thompson, you know, and, and of course Derek Forbert, these guys are genuinely great people. Anthony Potato was a super great guy, so was Matt Hendricks. But for a lot of these guys, that's never really been the concern of why you would not really want to sign them. It's the on-ice performance, and I think that this is kind of where the Jets need to be very careful. We don't really want to see a lot of plugs who are not really capable of keeping up at the NHL level and keeping up with the speed of some of these more talented younger forwards. The Jets just need to get faster, and that's across the board. I think even Bolu said something to that effect, and if one of your third-pairing defenders who's not exactly the most expedient skater is saying that you need more back-end speed and you need to kind of pick up the pace, that kind of says a lot about the, the slower, more conservative system the Jets have been stuck with. So, with all of that in mind, I think what we're going to see is we're going to have Paul Stastny, of course, anchoring the second line. I don't expect Maurice to really shift away from Connor Shifley-Wheeler. He really thinks that's a good first line, even though evidence kind of points to the contrary. And to be honest, with the kind of offensive depth the Jets may have next season, I could see that working out. But what you have to do with that line is really shelter it, which is kind of strange to say because it should be your top matchup line. But honestly, we all know that defensively, they struggle a lot. That's kind of why you would have, you know, Ehlers, Line A, and, and Stastny as your second line. This is a really good matchup line that could probably eat alive opponents, especially after a bit of tenderizing from the Shifley line. And then you'd roll your bottom six, which might include Perfetti somewhere either on the third line or the fourth line, along with Cop, Lowry, Appleton, Harkins. I mean, that that's a lot of really good skilled depth that can kind of win those matchup battles against weaker forwards from opposing teams and, and also really make it easier for the top six to make more space. That bottom six, as is with Perfetti in, is probably a lineup that you could trust to get more minutes out of and essentially take off a little bit of the load off that top line. I think that the Shifley line has been run out way too much, and hopefully Marie scales their minutes back a little bit so that we can also see a little bit more of the second line and a bit more of the third line. I think Shifley was kind of run into the ground, and of course Connor is not really great outside of being, you know, married to a top-end center. He kind of struggles to create his own space. And Wheeler is also slowing down, so there's a lot of factors for why that first line definitely needs to be held in check a little bit, but this should give them a much-needed depth boost and hopefully a bit more leeway in how they make their deployments. 
Now, thinking about all of this, you might wonder, is this lineup as is going to be all right next season? Does it have enough depth? And in just a little bit, I'll talk about a couple of free agents that actually might make sense for Winnipeg to investigate. There are a couple of names that, if they are affordable and within reason, I could see the Jets taking a stab at. Welcome back to this closing segment of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We have been wrapping up some of our free agency talk, and now we're kind of moving towards thinking about Winnipeg's future, especially the near-term future. Just a bit ago, we talked about Winnipeg's potential lineup alterations, especially with Stastny and maybe Perfetti and Sandberg and, and Heinola in tow somewhere, right? We don't know where yet, but some of them are going to be in the lineup. Some will probably be playing somewhere else, maybe overseas. But what about the free agency market? Is there anyone else the Jets should be thinking about? Two immediate answers come to mind, and I think the first is, for obvious reasons, Evgeny Dodonov. Dodonov is a wonderful attacking wing. He is a little bit on the older side, but when he was with Florida, he was one of their consistently most gifted creators. I mean, this dude is so good at attacking space and also finding, you know, great outlets for his teammates and actually scoring quite a few points. Dodonov is just a pure creator, and he facilitates so much offensive zone action that I feel like him not having a contract right now is kind of crazy. The Panthers not bringing Dodonov back is a little bit mystifying because I feel like all he's ever done for them has been very effective. And in terms of Winnipeg's perspective, I think that he's a really good play driver. You know, again, he is on the older side, so you're not really looking for a lot of term here. But if you bring him in for like two seasons, right, you get a really gifted play driving wing who can facilitate zone entries, help you transition your offense, and be a real setup menace in the offensive zone. These are things that right now the Jets don't really have enough of, and if you sign him to a really fair value contract, I think Winnipeg is walking home very happy. The other guy that maybe should be considered and, and probably won't get a contract with the Jets, but, you know, arguably would be a cool story, is Travis Hamanick. Of course, I know a lot of Winnipeggers are going to know him because he's a local legend. Everyone seems to have, you know, fond memories of, of Hamannick being linked to the Jets over the past couple of seasons. But in some capacities, Winnipeg not getting him has probably been a little bit fortunate for the Jets just because I think at this stage of his career, he's had some really rocky seasons. I don't know if it's his fault specifically or if his injuries and age are just starting to catch up. But of course, he's had a bit of a tumultuous time with the Flames. And I think that if he gets a contract, it'd probably be like a one-year one and a half to two million deal. I mean, this is going to be a very short-term, cheap contract, and I feel like for the Jets, it's pretty low risk. You sign him for a season, see what happens. He's a warm body. He's probably going to be better than Lucas Abisa, and he's not going to be that expensive. He'll also maybe take a hometown discount to play for the Jets, right? I don't know that there are that many people calling his house. I don't think that even the Jets have made any particular inquiries, and they, you know, there hasn't really been much said about actual interest in Hamannick services. But I feel like if you're going to take a punt on a cheap defender. And, and you're maybe going to sign somebody who's not quite as good as he used to be, but has something potentially still left in the tank, maybe Hamannick is worth taking a flyer on. I don't know. It just seems like a natural fit for what the Jets need, especially now that they really haven't gotten any elite top four defenders from, you know, a couple of trades or whatever. There's still Mackenzie Weger sitting out there, but of course he's not really a normal free agent. He would have to be traded for, and I think the Jets are kind of waiting to see what exactly happens with him. But aside from that, the only other free agents that I could really think of Winnipeg maybe having an interest in are Anthony Duclair and Andreas Athanasiu. You know, Duclair is one of those guys who I like as a goal scorer. The rest of his game does have a couple of issues. He's kind of like Kyle Connor in the sense that he's not really a defensive or, or two-way forward. He definitely has a lot of goal-scoring prowess, and that's where his main value is. He apparently wants a pretty long-term contract of some sort with a pretty high dollar amount, so I think that's going to ward the Jets off pretty quickly, which is fine. I think that his on-ice impacts might not really suit what the Jets are specifically looking for. And the same can probably be said for Athanasio, but Andreas should be on the cheaper side. Athens 
Dorsey is a very good offensive center, but just again, without really great defensive impacts or two-way acumen. If he took like a very cheap deal for like a season or two, I could see the Jets having an interest, but again, they don't really seem to be expressing much interest in the free agency market, generally speaking. They signed a couple of guys that they felt were they were comfortable with, like Thompson and, of course, Forbert and bringing back Sabisa. I think for free agency, the Jets are probably done unless they have a really big surprise somewhere, and I don't really anticipate that. It's just not their style. If the Jets do anything else, it's probably trading for a guy like Uyghur or something of, of a similar caliber. Had the Jets not re-signed Sabisa and brought in Thompson, I think that this would have been a really good offseason. As it is, it's a decent offseason, maybe okay but not outstanding just because you do kind of worry Maurice will rely on a couple of those not as good depth players, but it is what it is. Hopefully the Jets get something cool in a trade in the near future here, maybe like a McKenzie Weger, right? But for tonight's show, that's going to do it. I thank you so much for listening. Before you log off, be sure to check out the Locked On National podcast hosted by Sarah Avampado. And if you like supporting other teams, be sure to check out our entire Locked On NHL catalog, including Locked On Lightning, Locked On Stars, Locked On Caps, you name it, there should be a Locked On show for it. Be sure to sauce those folks a couple of listens and see what other fans are saying about this trade and free agency market. It's been pretty weird in my opinion. And with that, thanks again so much. Have a great night, and as always, go Jets go.